Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, guys. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicals with cheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the title free and start listening. Tis that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash musicals with cheese. And oh my god, you guys, our Patreon is so, so good right now. A ton of people just hopped on and joined us. Like, it really means a lot that you guys have supported us in this way. We love you all so much, and we are going to do everything within our power to make sure that your time there is worth the money you're donating. You know who we love especially, though? We love uh, Stephanie L., um, Terry Needleman, uh, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer, Chris O'Kelly, Lily Ackles, Danielle Renix, Mackenzie Horner, Taryn the Duck. I think I'm getting uh, that right. Today, Junior. Come on. Melissa Goldman. Jess Lightning, which is better Jess than you, I assume. 100% a better Jess than me. Ewan Cassidy. Um, Haley McDonald. And they are all incredible people that are helping us and getting a lot of perks. In fact, by the time you hear this, I believe there should be a Patreon commentary for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Which I am super excited for. We have not done it yet, so I haven't seen it yet, but I, I hear it is the cheesiest musical in existence. Is what Voted on by the Patreon. So if Voted you want to vote... If you want to vote on future commentaries and be involved in us, they're getting a lot of cool things that you normies aren't. So come on, join them. <laughs> There's also some other good commentaries, too. I think the Music Man one came out really good. Yeah, so did the Cats one. Um, <laughs> they gave us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. So just go to me- the Musicals with Cheese Patreon and help us out. Andrew, do you want to talk about our affiliate link? I will talk about our affiliate link. I seem to do that every time. Um but I like it. So in the description of every episode, you should find a little link to Amazon. And if you click that link and then buy anything on Amazon, we will get a portion of whatever you spend there. Um, it costs nothing extra for you. It's just a, an easy way to support us if you're going to buy something anyways. So go ahead and use that as well. 
because we're broke. And also, I know for a fact you're listening to this on iTunes. So why don't you go and, well, with this phone in your hand, go and tell a friend that they should listen to us. Tell them what you like about the show. And then go on to iTunes or the podcast app or whatever they want to call it now. And just leave a five-sentence or five-word review about what you like about our show. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be drawn out. Just tell the world what you like about us and why you listen every week. All right, we appreciate you, and let's get to the real show, I think. Let's go to the real show. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, the podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you today, Andrew? I, um, well, I'm doing all right. I mean, I just rented this place. It's a new, my mic's on my sound a little different. I just rented a place in the woods. Um, and then Jess just randomly, uh, calls me and we start recording the podcast and I'm a little bit upset. He didn't call ahead. Uh, in case you didn't know that setup, (laughs) (laughs) today we are doing, um, Paul Gordon's brand new musical, No One Called Ahead. I'm no one special. Just a follower who's following trends I'm no one special Just an ordinary guy with few friends In a light cashmere coat that I got at half price Cause the sales girl was nice no One Called Ahead follows Ben as he seeks a weekend getaway, but gets more than he bargained for when he receives a vi- series of visits from several astonishing women from the great beyond. This darkly, com- this darkly comic <laughs> romance with a temp- contemporary pop rock score explores how life can change in an instant. For this artist, alone in the woods, with his entire life on the line and his potential still undiscovered, the answer proves not to be what he expected. It was written by Paul Gordon, who is one of my favorite and underrated musical theater composers. He's done musicals I love, like Jane Eyre. I did a video review of that many years ago. I love that musical. And Daddy Long Legs, which is my ice cream musical. That is just a feel-good, like, I turn that on when I'm feeling sad musical. And Daddy Long Legs are scary, though. Like, they got the big... Well, the thing is, she just sees a guy and she thinks he looks like a Daddy Long Legs, so she calls him Daddy Long Legs. Are you sure she's not calling him daddy and he has long legs? <laughs> that is not incorrect. Um, but this specific production was filmed and produced by... Um, Apples and Oranges Studios. Apple and Oranges Studios in collaboration with streaming musicals. Um, ah. it, honestly, they're starting up this brand new Broadway HD type program where they film and produce and release um, film stage musicals. And they ensure that everyone gets paid. So unlike the subscription service side of Broadway HD, where it's really hard to figure out who gets paid, since you're buying it, the specific musical royalties can be divvied out properly. So that's great. I think that's fantastic. And you can learn more about that in the interview. It's also neat to find uh, interesting musicals like like this one that are not so uh, well known. I'm assuming this has probably never been anywhere near Broadway, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nope um and this isn't the first one they've done um the first one um streaming musicals and apple and oranges did was paul gordon's emma which also was well received but paul gordon is also not- notable for having the first live musical ever streamed to a theater so that was daddy Longleg. so i imagine he probably saw how well that worked out and thought i could do this like this is the way to see musicals and that's awesome. That really is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy to find live showings of musicals. 
I mean, let's just be honest here. Some of us live, you know, like in the deep woods of upstate New York, and, you know, you can't really go out and see a musical every week. So if you're trying to, uh, so are trying to watch them, you kind of need a, a different way to do so. And streaming is definitely nice. Uh, although I will say, um, the one thing is that they shot it like a film, which is a little... Yes. And I think that's one of the growing pains of this new developing medium, but we'll get into that later. Andrew, tell us the general plot of um, No One Called Ahead and what you thought of it. I feel like I already did that at the beginning, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but... Um, Basically, the main character, who is uh, an artist um, that has never shown his art to anyone, as we discover, um, goes into the woods or something like that. He's, he's in the middle of nowhere. He rented a place on Craigslist. Um, and he gets visited by a bunch of ghosts because he's going to die. Because, and as we find out later, his girlfriend is poisoning his drinks, his protein shakes. <laughs> um and that's the basic plot, I feel like, unless we want, like, a full description. Um, as you said before, it's very um, Christmas Carol, Ghost of Christmas Past type. Yeah, I think uh, I said that the first time we recorded this. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very effective in doing this. Um, although I'm not quite sure the message came about, one of the issues I think I found with this idea of going right to streaming musicals, like... From like instead of going through the previous process and all that, is you have a lot less f people viewing it and critiquing it before you get there, so you can much more easily have a finished product that might not have been as finished or polished as it would have been if it had attempted for Broadway. But as we now know, that not all musicals are destined for Broadway, nor should they be. This is almost it's almost like a demo version, you know, like uh, it, it feels like. As you said, exactly. There, there just wasn't enough um, critique to remove some elements that aren't as strong as others, or to strengthen elements that you know would really be the foundation of the whole show. Um, so you kind of get a bit of a muddled message where it's obviously, well, not obviously actually. That's and that's kind of the problem. It's supposed to be a dark comedy, but you don't really get that until near the end. And it, I assume on second or third viewing, you might have a better appreciation of some of the jokes, but at the first time watching, they sometimes fall flat. And I'm not sure it's falling flat because the jokes are bad, but more because it is a performative, like, on a stage, like, they're on a stage performing, and there is no audience interaction. There is no applause at the end of a song, and there is no laughter at a joke, despite there being a pause for laughter. It's a lot it, I had moments where I was flashing back to say um, those edits of like yeah. friends with a laugh track removed and how or a big bang theory no with no laugh track <laughs> yeah like those jokes probably would have really landed for me personally a lot more if I had had the audience like guiding me as opposed to just a uh, pause for a laughter that never comes maybe uh, maybe this is uh, an argument for canned laughter in this case I don't think canned laughter is a bad thing. I never have, though. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's in how it's used. You know, if it's used as, like, here's a bad joke, but we put canned laughter so it's funny, then, yeah, that that's not good. But if you have an actually good joke, but it has to have that laugh afterwards, it's in it's in the way this, the joke is told. Mm -hmm. 
And I think everyone in here, like, you got Anne Harada, who is known for Avenue Q, and is very good, but the jokes don't land because you don't have that theatrical reaction. Because, yeah, this is a film, but they're still performing theatrically. They're performing to the back of the house. Well, they're performing to the camera, directly. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as I said in, in Fiddler on the Roof, I like it when they talk to the camera, and that's fun. <laughs> But um, when when you're performing to the camera, it's a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But these are, I feel like, are growing pains of a new developing medium of filming musicals. Like, yeah, these are not necessarily problems with the show. It's problems mm-hmm. with the medium that the show is being told in. Yeah, and it's fun kind of to pick apart those. <laughs> and disc- It is. I know it sounds like we're just tearing it apart, but it is fun to pick apart those. Um, the content of the musical, I think the songs are all stellar. Like, they're all really good. I don't think I remember one being, like, really bad or anything like that. Um, Paul Gordon's got a good track yeah. record with that. This is the first solely original book Paul Gordon has ever written, though, if I remember correctly. Everything else he's worked on, he's worked with John Carrad, um, on Jane Eyre and a bunch of other things. Daddy Long Legs. And this time it's kind of him on his own, and usually he's based on like a book like Jane Eyre, um, Emma, or Daddy Long Legs. And this one he's kind of coming up with original content. And I'm starting to think that he he does a good job and it's really admirable, but I still think he might have needed another voice in there to like differentiate between the songs and the lyrics to more define those characters. Cause you do have very specific characters, like Ruth is a very specific character, but a lot of them tend to sound a bit the same, like Jane and especially the females. Like, the actors bring a lot Jane, to it. Jane of Arc and Penny Lane have similar um, character themes a lot mm. of times. Um, it reminds just, me a lot of the Marvel movies, how they're all a little too quippy, that they kind of sound the same. Yeah. Especially in, like, the Joss Whedon films. Yeah. Uh, yeah no no you're right you're right i think you're right about that absolutely i also feel as though some of the characters don't get enough time mm -hmm. um like uh jane jane of arc i guess we have to kind of get into the characters a little bit but jane of arc is uh yeah jane of arc is one of the main characters after ben uh i guess we'll talk about ben first how how about you uh go ahead Okay, so the show opens with Ben. He comes in, he has a conversation with a poster of John Lennon, and then he gets a call from Jane of Arc. And, and the premise is that all these women who come and see him are undiscovered artists or individuals much like himself. And Jane of Arc is Joan of Arc's undiscovered, unappreciated sister. Yeah, which is a bit of an odd choice, considering Joan of Arc <laughs> is not an artist. Joan of Arc is a very famous likely schizophrenic teenager (laughs) (laughs) who got burned alive yeah so i mean i wouldn't necessarily call her an artist (laughs) but i don't see how a sibling would see them as being overshadowed by her yeah i mean i guess she is more famous but do you really would you want to be famous for that (laughs) 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 i mean i i'm pretty sure i wouldn't and the actress performing jane is so good and she's she's very well performing um but the thing is she's not on stage enough where you feel like she has a presence where you understand why ben would have such this fixation on her yeah ben gets like infatuated with her um as like a love interest and it's weird because she only shows up about 
two times, and then three a third, times. She's she's third a big time Mac. where she's someone else, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jane shows up twice, and then she comes back as someone else. You know, like, wait, are you Jane? Or are you someone new? Which, if someone said that to you, you would have to look at them and and maybe leave. I have a bit, I have a bit of an issue with that trope to begin with. The like Wizard of Oz, like you were in my dream type thing. It's you like, were there, and you were there. <laughs> Especially if it's a love interest. Like if you wake up and the love interest from like the eighteen hundreds that you dreamt about is suddenly there in twenty nineteen. Like, oh, is that just your reward? You get someone that looks identical but has none of the same experiences as this person you thought you were into. You know, I think Endgame handles this the best, where uh, new Gamora is not the same as old Gamora, okay? <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers, heavy spoilers. Um, actually, Bill and Ted handles it the best, where they go back in time and get the people, get the get the princesses and bring them to the future. <laughs> um, uh, I think Ellie Kemper is playing one of the princesses in Bill and Ted 3. Fun fact. Really? Oh, they're actually bringing the princesses back? I'm happy yeah. about that. They've changed <laughs> actors in every film. Yes. George Carlin can come back, though. Unless they uh, Peter Cushing him. Which they should not. <laughs> they should not do. <laughs> and then after Jane disappears... Um, Penny Lane. Named Penny Lane comes in. Uh, named So, we didn't really talk about this. John Lennon, big theme in this. Uh, the opening number, and it comes back a lot, is Dear John. Um, and uh, there is an actual painting of John Lennon that Ben is talking to for the entire show. And he's, John Lennon's almost the audience because the camera sees things from his point of view a lot. So Penny Lane being named after the Beatles, Penny Lane, which I don't know too much about the Beatles. That is a Beatles song, right? Yes, that is a Beatles song. Yeah. <laughs> You hate the Beatles. Can we have that on the record that Andrew hates the Beatles? I don't hate the Beatles. I think they are... Their influence on music is heavily overplayed. Over, uh, because, honestly, I don't think they're really that influential because they didn't actually bring that much to the table. The Monkees brought more to the table. I mean, I do like some of the Monkees songs better than the Beatles, but that's another... <laughs> I would say... I mean... I would say a lot of the bands that came after the Beatles that were inspired by the Beatles brought more to the table. I don't I didn't mind the John thing and I didn't mind like the casual oh, I don't, reference I didn't Penny Lane. I don't hate like that, the, no. I don't I don't like when the dialogue mentions like like at one point he's like, Nothing's gonna change my world and like things like that. Penny Lane is my favorite character. I love her too. She has the best song at least. She has a basically sets up the theme that they're all undiscovered artists and Penny Lane is also the junkie girl that beat Bobby Fischer at chess and then died promptly afterwards. Is that a real story? I, I'm sorry I, I didn't look it up. I'm a bad person. It doesn't sound real. It does not sound real. I don't think Joan of Arc had a sister named Jane. I know that one's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Penny comes in and says hey we're all undiscovered but you're gonna die. So the first couple songs are not very helpful for Ben, the main character. No, he just, I feel, he is kind of an audience surrogate and he gets frustrated, but I feel like he does, he gets a little too frustrated and a little too snippy. Like if he had been a little bit more polite to these folks, it would have, I feel like he's a little too abrasive. No, I'm with him though. They broke into his house. He doesn't know that they're ghosts. 
Well, I mean, legitimately, he doesn't know they're ghosts at this point. He thinks that they broke into his house. Yeah, fair. (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty, I think he's a little too lenient on them. (laughs) Get out of my house! Yeah, for real, like... I'd be frightened. This is a place I rented on Craigslist and there's people in it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but then after Penny leaves saying like, oh, you got a lot of folks coming, you're not getting much sleep. Then comes Bernice, who is a lawyer and makes him sign some paperwork about being dead because being dead is bureaucracy. Yes. And this has a bit of a, uh, I don't know. It reminded me of Beetlejuice where they, the, all the lawyers... When, when, you know, when in the Beetlejuice, when, where, when you go, when you die, you have to go talk to all the lawyers and you gotta sign these paperwork. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there was something else that it reminded you of. I can't remember, but that's what it reminds me of. Reminds me a little bit of dead like me. I don't think I've seen or, that. Oh, that's a good show. Um, highly recommended. But yeah, it reminds me of dead like me. Um, I think that her character, like, it's a Brooklyn stereotype. Like, you gotta yeah. sign the papers. You're being poisoned by your girlfriend. Yeah, I like her. I like her too, but she also has one of the most baffling lines in the show that makes me like, all right, what side is this show on? Where she's like, you know, just Ruth might be poisoning you, but she's a good person. Yeah, and they never even come back to that, really. It's like no. that line exists, and then... And then when Ruth does show up, she just sings a bunch of villain songs. Like she is <laughs> like a Disney villain. Yeah, it's like, And wait. it's great, but I'm like, wait, Bernice <laughs> says she's a good person. Yeah, I thought she was going to be like, oh, I had a good reason and I'm misguided. and But like, no, it's just like, oh, no, I wanted to kill you because I wanted to steal your art. You see, I didn't understand the tone. <laughs> I did not understand the tone of this musical until Ruth came on. I'm like, ah, I got it. I get it. Everything sucks. And it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. I love like nihilistic, like dark humor. I just didn't get it until then. I think the problem is it's too hopeful at the beginning. At the beginning, you think this could be Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> yeah, no, you need to like, I think there needs to be something that crushes him just immediately. I think. (laughs) (laughs) We need something dark to happen. Yeah. Maybe John Lennon should have shown up and been like, your art sucks, kid. (laughs) Or maybe like a scene with a ghost at the very beginning, like where they're all chatting about the job to do and then he comes in. Ah. Like something like that could set up like the fantasy world we're in. Or maybe give Ruth an earlier song. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or make her more than just, like, the answering machines. Like, I know we hate rent so much, but... <laughs> Um, we could do an answering machine where she has like, uh, what are you doing, babe? Like, drink your protein shake. Like, something like that. Something. Oh, oh, Jess is coming up with a song right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, babe? Drink your protein shake. Drink your protein shake. shake. <laughs> <laughs> but she he signs the contract and then Bernice is off and she's replaced by an angel. Um, this is my least favorite character. You You don't like the angel? Not at all. I think the Angels Can Have Boyfriends song is dumb. And the, pay, and the payoff for it is even dumber. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like her Angels Can Have Boyfriends songs. No, I am not. I don't think the joke lands at the end either. But I like her and her performance and like the little scavenger hunt they go on. I suppose. But this, but is, where you find, this is where you find out the actual plot. Yes. Explain, Andrew. <laughs> okay, so the place he rented on Craigslist has artwork that is from a different undiscovered artist that it was hidden there. And then when he dies, that artwork will get discovered by someone who will then get hit by a car. And then the person that gets hit will sell it for money and then they'll use the money to pay for med school. And then... No, 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 no. She, no, she got no. insurance. She gets insurance. The insurance gives her money. The artwork is destroyed. Um, yeah, so the artwork's destroyed in the car accident, but she gets insurance money that she uses to go to med school, and then she creates something that will save a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's it's very a, convoluted. Then there's a really <laughs> callous joke where he's like, well, that's great for the cancer girl. Which well, what is, about my art? I think that's actually my favorite line in the whole thing. <laughs> well, at the first watch, I didn't know it was a joke, but every other, like on every subsequent watch, I'm like, oh, okay, that that's the nihilism hero humor we got here. Ah, uh, it's like, oh, okay, he doesn't give a shit about anything because he's an artist. <laughs> I love how this kind of hates artists, but despite the fact that it kind of is paying lip service to artists, it like secretly loves artists i think but at the same time it recognizes that artists are all egotistical i think it loves art but it hates artists fair enough i think that's um, the oh i didn't i don't think i mentioned that the art that is discovered at the, the place he rented on craigslist is art from him in a past life yeah it's it's kooky <laughs> <What? So laughs> like he has a lot to stomach in this one meeting and one of them is the fact that past lives exist 
What doesn't make that much sense to me, though, is why does he have to sign all this paperwork to die, though? Is he not going to get reborn again? Do you only get a certain number of past lives? Or do you, are you giving up a body or something? Like, yeah, you sign the, away this body and get yeah, a new one? Yeah, I mean, I not really sure. <laughs> okay, but then Ruth shows up inevitably, and she is batshit evil. And it's kind of great. It's really great. Yeah, her what is her song? Love is death. Yeah, <laughs> where she's like, "If you love me, you'll die for me." Yeah, and it's like, "You crazy." <laughs> it's like the perfect "you crazy." Like she comes in and she's like the straight laced, cute looking girl. I think he describes her at one point as she looks like the girl next door. I never understood what that means, but maybe you do. But uh, it means that there's a girl that lives next door to you, so she's your childhood friend. She looks like his childhood friend then. Yep, and. Maybe. She basically I don't know what that means. <laughs> flipping insane. is like, you're going to die for me and I love you because that's love. And it's, I love that scene. I'm not going to lie. I think the girl that plays Ruth is really chewing the scenery in the best way. Oh, uh, and she looks at the camera a lot, which is really like uncomfortable. In a good way, though. In a it's good way, those, yes. It's unlike the first Dear John scene where I feel like I'm being talked like my, I'm John, what? I don't want to be John Lennon. I've never beaten my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but then, <laughs> Ruth do you think? Ma- do you think John Lennon uh, hits the angel? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's like being hit as an angel. Call back to our carousel episode, folks. Oh yeah, and then Ruth becomes even more evil and decides that she is going to also steal the artwork that his past life made, and that changes everything. Now Ruth's going to die horribly. Her undoing. Her so undoing, I guess, she got greedy. Um, so then she dies instead, and everything still happens the same way, but Ben lives, and, and Ben then still gives credit to Ruth for some reason. Oh yeah, he gives credit, all the credit to Ruth, because it doesn't matter about the art. Um, it only ma- No, the art is the only thing that matters, not the person that made it. Yeah, and I guess he thinks that he'll make more money if she did it, but I'm not really sure how he's going to make much money off it since it's her art, so wouldn't it go to her as like, family? I don't know. And maybe he is her family. She married her brother. Great. Excellent. Um, <laughs> um, and then and then Jane of Arc shows up again as the person who is looking at the art and they fall in love pretty quickly. Wait, now now I got a question. Is that a reincarnation? Because we did set up that past lives exist. I, I assumed it was. Yeah, the story is kind of the weak point. But I think the songs tie it together pretty well. I almost kind of pro- would have preferred this if this was sung through. Oh, without dialogue? Yeah, without dialogue. All sung. A like lot of the dialogue scenes are kind of the worst aspects of the show. And they feel like they're meant to be sung. Like, they feel heightened enough where they could have been sung scenes. Or cut entirely. Like, pointless mm-hmm. enough that they didn't need to exist. <laughs> Um, like, especially the scavenger hunt scene. I can see that being a really cool setup for a song. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithcheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. Tis that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithcheese to get started today. 
Um, this week, I am suggesting Angels in America, because they can have boyfriends. It is by Tony Kushner, and narrated by Andrew Garfield, Nathan Lane, Susan Brown, Denise Goh, um, Beth Malone, James McArdle, Lee Pace, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Bobby Cannavale, and Edie Falco. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash musicals with cheese. So, Andrew, do you think that they have their phone in their hands right now? Because if they do, they have the ability to text their friends one thing, and that would be that our show is awesome and to send them a link. I know a lot of people say they listen to our show while on their morning commute, so I bet you their phone is right nearby. <laughs> don't, don't text and drive, guys. <laughs> have a friend send this message. Do it when you're done driving. Or speech to text. That works. Tell Siri, hey. You don't, you don't have to do that, though. You, speech to text can be still dangerous, Jess. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the show, guys. Dear John, is there something I'm missing, dear John? I just can't make sense of it, John. What more could be flawless? You are the Eggman, but I'm not the walrus, dear John. Dear John. Dear John. Probably the the most recognizable song in the whole show because they sing it a lot. Yeah, it is reprised quite a bit. Um, This is a song to John Lennon from Ben asking basically like, what's it like to be an artist? I wish I could be you. That kind of. As someone who's not a huge fan of John Lennon, I'm not sure how I feel about a worship piece on him. (laughs) He, I mean, Ben literally has a shrine set up to him, and that's what he's singing at. So it's a little awkward. But as far as, like, does if it works for the character, the song is, is nice. And, I mean, the melody is obviously catchy enough. We've sung it how many times this half it hour? It is stuck in my head for, like, <laughs> weeks and weeks. Because Paul Gordon is really good at that songwriting thing. <laughs> it so. feels a lot like a Dear Evan Hansen be more chill type song which is unlike the rest of his work which is very much in the past which is interesting to hear it does also set up the main character very well right away uh he's an artist that wants to be discovered like john lennon he wants to change the world like john lennon did man where's my weed (laughs) (laughs) it did kind of do all the andrew triggers right at once like he's a stoner that can't find his weed and he worships the beatles yeah and and he wants to change the world with music or i mean art (laughs) (laughs) it is weird that a painter is worshiping john lennon i will say but i mean they don't painters don't have many people to worship i mean who are you gonna look up to that guy that cut his ear off i mean george surratt um i hear he lived a pretty fine life and didn't like abuse any wives is that the guy that splatter paints no, he's blue, 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 blue. Oh, right. I don't think he existed. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was the second George that didn't exist. My name is Jane. I have a story. A sad, sad story. My name is Jane. And no, my life is not well known. Not like my bitchy sister, Joan. Let me explain. Jones, unrecognized, saintly little sister. Um, let's talk about My Name is Jane. I mean, song-wise, it's, it's fine. I, I can remember the main line of it, like the, My Name is Jane, or whatever the heck, and then he sings it again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't like his reprise. I I, I know we're supposed well, to his reprise she... is is a bit weird. Just because he doesn't know her very well, so it's like, why are you singing about her? We know that her name is Jane. Like, I, and her song elaborates more on what she's been through in her story and the fact that she has a story that no one cares about. Like, I like that. That was a really good setup of a theme. Yes. What do you think of the song itself? I'm curious. I think it's really relaxing to listen to. It's really mellow, especially coming from Dear John, which is a little bit more of a I wouldn't call it heavy rock, but a little bit more of an intense, less mellow rock. Whereas yeah. this is a very mellow, calming, and I think the actress really performs it well. The undiscovered, so many of them. The undiscovered, what a waste. Discarded and misplaced. Oh. Let's, let's talk about The Undiscovered, because I like this song. I love this song. Uh, this one's a bit more of like a smooth type of... I don't want to say jazzy because it's not really jazzy. It's like a staccato like beat, like bum bum bum. Yeah, like, it's an upbeat song that isn't like um, alternative rock. The vocals feel a little jazzy. Um, just because she has kind of like that are. smoky rock rock voice. Yeah, I I like it. This is this is probably I want to say this is my favorite song in it. I think I want. I'm gonna agree with you. It's the only one that feels like it's made for that character whereas yeah the angels can have boyfriend and every other song feels like it could have been interchangeable between the rest of them this one feels like all right this belongs to penny lane it belongs to the time period she was in and it belongs to the character type of like this junkie from the 60s exactly yeah because this one has an actual feel that is really specific to the type of character that is singing it which is uh really good to have in a musical <laughs> yeah you should well every the songs can't be interchangeable. You can't just give Valjean a song and then throw it to Marius and make it the same song. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, shit. He's getting called out right now. Yeah. Meet me outside the school. I'll fight you like Joe Biden fought Donald Trump. Dude, he will kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stick his cats on me, dude. No, he would kick your ass. I'm looking at you right now. Yeah, you're drinking your bottle of piss. I'm looking <laughs> at you. He would kick your ass. <laughs> I'm wearing, a Hawaiian, wearing a Hawaiian shirt, shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're all gonna think you're joking, but I'm—he's not. I'm wearing fucking Hawaiian with stripes, which is like the worst. Yeah, no, like you—you're not beating up Andrew Lepper. It's not—it's not—it's not happening. I'm no one special. Just a follower who's following trends. I'm no one special. Just an ordinary guy with few friends. In a light cashmere coat that I got at half price. Cause the sales girl was not. No one special is something we didn't actually mention when we were talking about the story. Uh, which I think, lyrically, this song is... Probably one of the better ones. Yeah, lyric wise. Or at least it's it, at least it could have, it really could have been. I think it still is. I mean, I think it could have been played better, but it, it still works very well. Andrew and I thought up a pitch of how we would have done it if we were given like this set of songs in the story. And yeah. We, and we would have put this as his I Want song very early in the show, but where he's saying, I'm no one special, but. He obviously thinks he's someone that's fucking great, but he's just kind of like yeah. self-deprecating. And then by the end, when he says it, he has that discovery. So we have like a much more clear arc. 
Um, where in the end we hear the Angels Can Have Boyfriends song, like he's singing that again at Ruth, and that's supposed to be or like, oh, the triumphant arc moment. The triumphant it- arc moment in that is just he went he went from asking for John's approval to having received John's approval. Yeah. That's the basically. arc. But I think that a better arc would have been him going from this like secretly egotistical person who self-deprecates to someone who actually believes that he's not really that special. And I think it's a bit more of a catchy song than Dear John. As much as I like Dear John, I feel like it's setting up a joke more than it's like setting up a character, if that makes sense. It almost is a gag because they don't reveal that he's singing about John Lennon until near the end of the song. <laughs> so I think like he's like, I'm no one special. I just make paintings that no one else can do. <laughs> like, yeah. Something like that where like, I'm better than everyone, but I'm not special because, you know. Yeah. And then by the end when he calls up Ruth and he we finally realize he actually understands, I'm no one special. Sure, I can do this, but it doesn't matter that I can do this. The art is really all that matters, which would have cemented his arc a little bit more. Uh, song wise, what do you think? Like the I like the music? song. I actually I like this one. I hum it a lot. Um, and I know I shouldn't be judging by hummable melodies because Sondheim will crucify me. But I do like the song. It is really effective. And I just think it could have been more effective as an I want song and then a payoff I want song. I would say if a song is catchy, there is some value to it. All right. <laughs> love is death. Well, love is death. And yet still you could forgive me if I just kiss you one more time. Do you want to talk about Love is Death? Love is Death is a fun one because it's kind of a... I think this is where the dark comedy is the best, the strongest. Yes. It's kind of juxtaposed because the song itself is not really that, like, heavy or intense or anything like that. But what she's singing about (laughs) is... (laughs) And her performance is... Absolutely, her performance, especially since it's directed at me and not at the character. <laughs> like, you feel the crazy eyes. Like, it's intense. And, like, the way that she physically moves her body around, like, it is terrifying in the best funny way. Yes. What do you like about this song? What's your... Um, I love the beat. I love the payoff, like, because we're building up to this Ruth character and you kind of want to bang when you see her. And she... I was afraid she'd come in and be like, oh no, I'm so sympathetic. I'm like, no. And she's like, love is death! Yeah, I mean, she's just dancing around about, I'm murdering you and stealing all your shit! Like, <laughs> proud of it. And I thought, oh, that's so refreshing. I loved it. I like the evil villains. Sometimes it's nice to not feel bad for the villain, to just be like, yeah, I hate this person. (laughs) But I wish that we had something a little bit on level with this early on so we knew what to expect. Um, I think if we had started with the angels getting ready in Ben's apartment before he comes in, we'd be able to understand like the tone ahead of us a little better. Maybe they should have done it as a film, and then the opening scene with the overture is her putting poison into the drink. <laughs> yeah, or something, like some kind of setup for her. Uh, yeah. Um, but I love that song. I love that entire scene up until she leaves. Oh, and one other thing. Angels can have boyfriends, they can all have boyfriends. Just because they're winged doesn't mean they can't get zinged. 
Angels can have boyfriends, lots of loser boyfriends. Just because they're divine doesn't mean the world's not in decline. There's no grand design. What do you think of the music on 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 a whole, like as a like the orchestration, things like that? I think the orchestrations are great. Um, and I got to learn a little bit of how they did this, and I'm not sure if this is the best way to do it, but it I think it was effective, so I guess it was. So what they did, um, on the set or on the stage, they would just have a piano track that they would sing to. Okay. And then they would mix um, the orchestrations over top the performance. So it wasn't actually sung with the orchestration, it was sung with a piano. And I think that the voices kind of reflect that. I think, and sometimes it works really well. Like my name is Jane. And like, but it can sometimes work with the softer stuff. But I think what it can also do is songs where it gets more intense. The vocals may not may lack some of the intensity because they don't recognize how loud they need to be. Yes, um, and I feel that specifically with songs like "Talking to the Dead," where he's like. The, the orchestrations are asking more of the vocalist, and the vocalist is like, and I am talking to the dead, while the music is like... Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> That's one way to describe it, I suppose. <laughs> we are official, very clear-speaking individuals here. We, uh, yeah, we know we what we're talking about. Give us money. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing that, it's, it definitely is actually interesting, and uh, it kind of makes you look at some of the songs a little bit differently as far as like how the vocals are sung and maybe thinking about like it, it may have limited the vocal range a little bit in some of the songs just not knowing how how uh intense they needed to be and now that i'm thinking back on it yeah i mean it's not bad like i, I think the, the lamest movie has it much good, worse though. like the lamest movie did something similar and it's much worse about that like this it feels effective i think that's also just another quirk of this new style of releasing musicals yeah and we are going to have those, like, growing pains, like, as this develops. Like, I'm so happy it exists, but finding what the growing pains and what works and what doesn't is how we make this perfect. Because I'm excited. I love this. I love this a lot, dude. Yeah, and so um, I'll say, you know, we had we had quite a few complaints, although I think we also had quite a few things we did like about this as well. Um, so, like, what what would be your overall thought on, like, would you recommend this? Would you... I want people to go and download this, buy it, rent it, um, only because I want them to do more. I love Paul Gordon's music. I have loved almost everything he's done. I really like this. I think this probably is a better cast album to listen to than, say, a film to watch. Like, I would rather he had done um, his Jane Eyre, because I think that is a very much a perfect thing in and of itself. Whereas this, I feel I feel like the fact that he developed something new, he had less time to figure it out before the filming and all that began. And so this kind of feels a little bit like, ooh, you're almost there. It's almost there, but not quite. And that yeah. is frustrating. It's actually much more frustrating than something like Dear Evan Hansen, where it's just not good and not doing it for me, where a lot of this is doing it for me. I love the ideas. A lot of the ideas are good, but it's just short of the finish line i'm like no it just feels like some aspects of it are definitely especially story-wise and there is some aspects of the music that probably could be improved as well but mostly story-wise um it's underdeveloped um but i still one i would recommend seeking it out because i like this way of releasing and i think it helps a lot with uh smaller musicals that want to get made and really don't have an avenue to do that at the moment. This would be something that they can do. Um, 
and honestly the music is actually pretty decent for it too so it's not like it's just a, a bad musical because it's not it's just a little bit underdeveloped mm-hmm. how would you rank this among like other very similarly styled musicals like next to normal or uh uh be more chill dear evan hansen i'd probably put it a little bit below be more chill Mm-hmm. But above Dear Evan Hansen and um, next definitely moment. above Dear Evan Hansen, just because Dear Evan Hansen basically has a lot of the same problems this has, but it's like fully complete and it has won awards and shit. So it's like you know this is something that they've absolutely workshopped and completed, and it's still like why is this so bad? <laughs> Whereas with I don't, with, need, I don't think that? anything in this show is bad though. Like the thing is, nothing here is bad. And that's kind of another thing that bothers me. There's not a single bad thing about this. There's just things I like that I want expanded more. I would rank it probably around Be More Chill. And I think Be More Chill has a similar feel as far as like they kind of have fantasy type elements to it. Um, Similar styling of music in a lot of places. And references, modern references, yeah. Having complicated ideas that aren't fully developed enough, both of them have that going on as well. And done by people I think are extremely talented, and I'm just excited to see what they do next, because um, Paul Gordon, who wrote this, is involved with the um, the musicals, uh, filming musicals, as well as Apple and Oranges, so he's going to be directly responsible for a lot of new musical content that we're going to have, and that's fantastic, dude. Like, we're getting more easier-to-access musicals from... Broadway talent. It's. I'm just so excited that I'm about to burst out the seams. Jess is really excited. He took his Hawaiian shirt off. He's so excited. <laughs> Don't lie. It's still on. But you know what else gets gets me excited, Andrew? Hearing your cheese rating. What is your cheese rating for No One Called Ahead? My cheese rating for No One Called Ahead. Why don't you do your cheese rating and I'll uh, I'll figure out what my cheese rating will be. So my cheese rating for um, No One Called Ahead is Saint Angel Triple Cream. Because angels can have boyfriends. It's a velvet rope for your taste buds. Happy-go-lucky meets refined and traditional. And that's kind of how I describe this. It is both very bright, bubbly, and still very traditional in its musical theater style. I very highly recommend you go and download this right away. It will be in our description. All right, Andrew, what is your cheese rating and thoughts? You know, I, I really, I got, I got very little for this one. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give this uh, a Swiss cheese because it's a good cheese that I, I actually Swiss is actually one of my favorite cheeses in real life uh, just as a just as a throwing that out there but it is full of holes um, because it is an incomplete cheese but it's still very good the cheese you have there is very tasty um you know what else is pretty tasty audible. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithcheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. Tis that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithcheese. Wow, that was a lot of fun. That was a great podcast. Um, please download us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. Please leave us some reviews on iTunes. We really want more reviews. Our goal is to get to 100 views by the end of this year. So if you guys could help us out with that, we'd really appreciate that. How many are we at right now? 43. Ooh, we're almost there. Almost <laughs> halfway there. Almost halfway there, so you can get us fully halfway there. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals. 
Um, our Patreon is at Musicals with Cheese. We got a lot of wonderful things coming up. We're recording a Jason and the Technicolor Dreamcoat commentary that'll be up there soon. I'm actually super excited for that. Um, and I also really, really enjoy uh, our Music Man and Cats ones that we've done. And there's also, uh, you can watch like three hours of Jess get wasted out of his mind <laughs> for the Tonys. <laughs> Our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese, which I believe we are posting something today as well, possibly. If there, if there, if I was able to get off my ass this week, there's a video of up there right now. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and our email is musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. Also, do we want to promote our website? I mean, you did just create it. I don't see a reason why we wouldn't promote it. <laughs> so we officially have an official website, www.musicalswithcheese.com. It is a one-stop shop for everything that we do. I, I am really proud of it, and I think you guys should start sharing it around, showing other people. I think it looks actually really good. I think Jess did a great job um, with his web, web development skills. Mm-hmm. And there you will find merch coming up. We're about to be selling some merch pretty soon. I'm really excited about that. Andrew's less excited about that. I'm excited you, about merch. What do we What do we have? You, you don't know yet. It's a secret. Tell us what you guys would like as merch. Um, our title card was created by Jolene Casco. Follow our Instagram at Jolene Casco. All right, you guys. Um, also, you might notice that we have a new intro composed by our amazing co-host, Andrew DeWolf. How do you like the sound of that? I think I brought the tempo down like 30 beats per minute, but... Yeah, and you also didn't hold it out as long, which I'm a little pissed about, but that's fine. That's no problem. Well, let's hear that intro. We'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.